Roy Searle, a Baptist minister, he was in his study preparing a sermon when his young son came in and sat down beside him. And after several minutes of chatting, he said, well, what what is it you want, Josh? Do you want a story? No. Do you want pen and paper? No. Well, Josh, what is it you want? I just want to be with you, Dad. I just want to be with you. Roy goes on to say that this innocent remark changed his ministry. It was a life-changing moment. It awakened him to his preoccupation with being busy. Do any of you have that problem? I know I do. He, for him, studying, preaching, teaching, visiting the sick, helping others in their own faith walk. This experience with his son was to transform his life. I just want to be with you, Dad. And Roy thought, hmm, when did I last say that to God? He began to realise that in fact his ministry had distanced him from the Lord. It hadn't drawn him closer. I know when I first retired, I thought, I'll have more time to spend with the Lord. And you know what? Busyness still takes over. It's still a problem. There always seems to be something else to do. I'll just do this or I'll just do that. Now, some years ago, I saw a pulpit notice on the way into Newcastle. Top of the hill there, before you go down by all the motorbikes, you know. And it said... If God's not there, guess who's moved? And of course, God is always there. It's we who move away. But you know, our relationship with the Lord, it's like any friendship or any relationship. We must nurture that relationship with him. If we don't keep in touch, as you know, the friendship dies. I'm talking about ordinary human friends now. If you don't keep in touch, the distance gets longer, doesn't it? Proverbs 4.23 reminds us of what our priority should be. Above all, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And Solomon tells us to guard our hearts as it will keep us on the right path. And in Matthew 6.33, Jesus himself said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But this requires discipline. That is, those things we act 
actively do to create space and time for God. Seeking him, it enables us to grow in our faith. And the thing is, to grow, we need solitude. You know, about uh, four weeks ago, Michael and I went on a, a, a walking trip around um, Holy Island, or two Holy Islands. I must admit I didn't do all of the walk, but we did walk across the causeway. And um, I'll never forget that, that during the day, those of you who've been there will know this, it's absolutely frenetic with tourists. There's so many people, and it's so busy. And then, when it gets to five o'clock, and, uh, well, on that particular day, and the tide was going to come in, suddenly the people all disappeared. And the stillness, it was just wonderful. And I'll never forget, going down to the beach, just the two of us, and there were two ladies, and they were obviously together, and there were two benches. And one went and sat on one bench over there, and the other one stayed on this bench here. And they just sat there in the stillness. Solitude. We need to get away from the frenetic noise and busyness, which it can sometimes rob us of setting time aside to give our God that individual attention. And in Matthew 4, 1-11, before Jesus started his ministry, he spent 40 days alone in the desert, being tempted by the devil. Solitude for Jesus, it were those times of seeking and deepening his relationship with the Father, out of which came the direction of his life and his ministry. And in Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, he'll reward you. Of course, we're talking about that reward being his wonderful presence. Joyce Huggett in her book, Listening to God, she tells how her friends know not to phone her between 9.30 and 10.30 in the morning. And nowadays she would probably, um, no doubt, switch off her mobile phone. She goes on to say that even five minutes set aside just for the Lord is a start. Now we may be able to find solitude, but in a world where we're surrounded by noise, it's not easy to find silence. But to communicate with God, we need silence. I don't know about you, but this time of year it seems to be lawnmowers. They seem to be going to the left, to the right, behind us. All these lawnmowers. Thankfully we don't live down near Heathrow where we've got... Um, planes back and forth all of the time. But we do need silence. And Mother Teresa said, 
We need, if we, we need to find God and he cannot be found in noise and restlessness. For me, the best part of the day used to be my walk, a morning walk with Jem, our little border terrier. Sadly, she's no longer with us. I don't feel comfortable walking alone somehow. It's all right if you've got a dog with you. However, um, some of you may know that, that we live in Spain in the winter and the countryside is just at the foot of the mountain and uh, the countryside there is a bit like being at the top of Causey Hill uh, where we live in Hexham. It's the silence is almost tangible and I'm reminded of Psalm 4610 Be still and know that I am God the trees the different grasses the different flowers all growing silently the bursts of spring flowers that change from one day to the next here we have the miniature irises up on the hill there behind the house. Um, in Spain we have miniature daffodils, orchids, that bloom and fade within 24 hours. And it never ceases to amaze me. No miracle grow up there or over there. <laughs> in Psalm 8.34, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him? When we're in the presence of God, the creator, the creator of the universe, who actually wants a relationship with you and with me. I mean, it's quite amazing, isn't it? quite amazing. Our only response must be that of total submission. Submission to God, it brings freedom and liberation. We no longer have to face the dilemma of what should I do, what should I say, what should I think even. When Jesus is the centre when he is the centre of all of our life, then we can draw nearer to his heart. Our God is an awesome God. We have that cause, don't we? Father, an old one now, our God is an awesome God. His greatness, his majesty, it's just overwhelming. The essential thing is, not what we say to God, but come on, give him a chance. It's what he says to us. Not only in his creation, but in our submission to his majesty. It opens the door to his presence and his direction. The more that we receive in silent prayer, the more we can give in our active life as we become more Christ-like. 
Brother Lawrence, he said, consider God as the goal of all our thoughts and desires. Knowing and seeking God. It calls for an awakening to his presence in all things. Not just in the religious, not just here on a Sunday morning, but in our day-to-day lives. You know, when we're doing the washing up, when we're seeing friends, meeting for coffee, cooking, housework. Having God alongside us, it's like having a treasured friend in permanent residence. The psalmist in uh, Psalm 89 verse 15 talks of walking in the light of his presence. They rejoice in your name all day long. Our mission is to be transformed into his likeness. Thomas Merton claims that to pray means to change. That's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? And Ephesians 3.16, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith. Through faith. All the way through the Bible, in the Old Testament, the New Testament, Psalms to the Gospels, the prophets and Paul's letters. God's message reaches us. Paul said, God's love is total and reaches every corner of our experience. We can't have those little corners that he might not know about because he does. In Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your minds then you will know what God's will is. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what God desires when their spiritual identity is in Christ. You know, when the angel Gabriel told Mary that she was to be the mother of our Lord, she she was afraid, but her reaction was that of total submission. And in Luke 1.38, Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. May it be unto you have said, as you have said. Then we have those beautiful words of the Magnificat, which means glorified. Begins with, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. Mary knew her scriptures. And in fact, there are similarities in 1 Samuel where Anna uh, conceived and she poured out her heart in gratitude to the God. And then later, if you remember, she dedicated the child to God. Like Mary, let us ponder in our hearts, in yours and mine, the significance of God wanting to dwell in us. When we set time aside to be alone with God, when in silence we listen to him, 
when we submit all in loving obedience, then he will reside in us and his transforming presence will enable us to become more Christ-like. Amen.